grab your bayonet, your fresca, and your chocolate croissant as we review three movies on a Wednesday. He is Monty Crawford. I'm Rod Hertz, and we are two real reviewers. Monty, how are you today? Oh, I am wonderful. I'm excited for this week. Uh, when you started your opening there, I kind of wanted to do that. Let's all go to the movies. Remember that song? <laughs> I love that, and, and it's in my head. Um, we actually have the picture of it on our Facebook page. Uh, for all of our listeners, go to our Facebook page at Two Real Reviewers and take a look. Uh, very nostalgic feeling uh, there. I love it. I love it. Today's selections uh, we talked about last week after we finished up our first and initial podcast. And what we're going to try and do for our audience on a weekly basis is look at some current movies some classics, and some that are kind of in between. And I think Monty and I have done a great job picking out three movies to review. We'll get started with a film that was nominated for a number of Academy Awards, uh, and what caught our interest was Sam Mendes, the director who uh, did Skyfall, the movie we reviewed last week on Two Real Reviewers. And we're going to take a look at 1917 a terrific movie that was, as I said, up for a number of awards and was a great storyline. Monty, I'll let you start the uh, process on what you thought of 1917. Well, um, I was sitting in a movie theater uh, with my son, as always, because him and I love movies, uh, Benjamin, and uh, the trailer came on for 1917. He looked at me and says, we got to see that. And we waited. We couldn't wait. Uh, finally came out. Um, one of the things that I think attracted both him and I to this movie was how it was going to be filmed, that it was going for something that was extremely rare, um, which is one shot, no edit on, on what they were doing, uh, meaning no cutting from one angle to another. They stayed in the singular, and that had to be extremely difficult um, for, for Sam Mendes. And uh, the movie itself uh, being the fact that there's some truth to it, um, that it came from uh, a real story, uh, real life, uh, really caught my attention. So him and I watched the movie when it came out, and I was glued from opening scene on. Um, and for all our listeners out there, I wanted to – we talked about this, I forgot to say. When we reviewed, we are going to tell you stuff about this movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Come back and think it's, see if your review is the same as ours. Um, so there are spoilers here, so I apologize. But uh, – um, the action part of it started immediately, uh, went through, um, very disheartening when, when the one, when the one character had passed and, um, I loved this movie, uh, thought that it really hit home. Um, again, I feel for Sam, I, I do, I believe that he puts out these great pieces of art and they're not recognized enough. Uh, I don't think he's recognized enough. I, I most again another movie that's that was up for Academy Awards, um, but in achievement of sound mixing, achievement of visual arts and such. Right? He was he was up for Picture of the Year, um, and he did not, you know, um, he did not win. He was up for for directing, but he not he did not win. And I know it was a tough category for both, but I do believe that this one should have came away with either directing or uh, movie of the year. Um, great film. Great film. Um, the special effects was amazing. How they did it, how they 
they stayed with you. You felt like you were in the movie the whole time. So, absolutely love this movie. Uh, it, it, it is extremely high in my rating system. It's extremely high. Every you know, every year I do a a one to end ranking system on what movies that are up for best picture uh I felt and this one uh, before I had finished seeing all the best picture nominated films this was kind of middle of the pack uh I I enjoyed the movie at the time that I saw it but after all of the pictures I saw this ended up being my second favorite best picture nominated movie for last year and I thought it was a very unique movie. I thought the filming, as you've indicated, um, was very innovative and very hard to do, I'm sure. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I thought the story was was great. Now, for our audience, uh, one of the things you'll get to learn about Monty and I in terms of reviewing movies is what's important to us. And one of the the key indicators of the success of a movie for me is whether or not a particular scene can bring me to tears. So, Monty, I'll ask you, my friend of 20-plus years, if there was a scene in 1917 that could have brought one to tears, which scene do you think it was? Um, it was when, when Blake died. Um when, when the the pilot, you know, the the German plane that was shot down in the dogfight, it landed next to where they were, and they took the time to save that that uh, burned pilot, uh, thinking that you know they're doing something that, you know heroic, uh, and that pilot turns around and stabs Blake, and again, spoilers, people, spoilers, sorry, um, right? That price that right there, and it, when he was sitting there. Uh, as he dies, he's promising to complete the mission, and, and he, you know, and to, to get in touch with Blake's mother, and he takes the rings and the dog day. That was sad, because I wasn't expecting that. You know, when the movie came out, I expected this movie to be, you know, action-packed just like anything else. It's great, and they make it, and then they save, and, you know, um, and it's a happy ending in a sense. Um, but to have him, and it wasn't like it happened late in the film either. It happened pretty early, pretty middle, in a sense, um, and it, it took the wind out of my sails. I was like, oh, no way, you know. I was expecting, I was expecting Tom to pass away earlier in the film when the big explosion scene happened, mm. because it, it looked like he was blinded during that explosion, and he was obviously hurt, and Will ends up bringing him out of that you know, that cavern or that cave and they make it out. And I thought he, he was going to, he was going to die right then. When you get to the, to the farm scene where the plane comes in, I thought, Oh, they're going to dodge another bullet. There's no way that they're going to kill him off. And then they did. Yeah. And that scene and watching that plane, you talk about visual effects, that plane coming in and crashing, had me on the edge of my seat. I thought from from a from a videography per perspective, it was phenomenal. Well, but the scene that the scene that brought me to tears was towards the very end of the movie when Will ultimately finds Tom's brother 
and ends up having to tell Joseph that his brother had passed away. That one really got to me. It, yeah, I, you know, it, it did. Um, it did for me as well. Um, I don't know how anybody could ever do that. Um, I've been watching a lot of war movies lately and reading books on them, Band of Brothers, so on. Um, so, you know, you see these things happen, and, man, it, it's for your heart to be ripped out like that, and then you're, not losing, you're losing a brother in arms as far as your your – you know, you're the guy that you've been in the trenches with, but then to tell his family, it's it's too much for for one person, I believe. And, and but so many men had to really do that in real life, and that's that. Yeah, definitely a, a tough. tough and thing. the brother and the brother shook his hand after he told him. He shook his hand. I I was I was very moved by that scene and the movie. It, it did get robbed in the Academy Awards. For the United States, but remember that for the British Academy Awards, it actually won Best Picture and Best Film Director. But that is always so overlooked in the United States because there's such a Hollywood production angle to what we put on, you know, in the spring when Oscar is its own show. Um, and I agree with you. I, I think that Sam Mendes, of all the movies that he's done, this is probably the pinnacle. And I certainly had hoped that it, it would have received a lot more accolades than it did. Yeah. It, 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 first of all, your after season that you talk about is like, that is like your Christmas. I mean, that is your highlight for you, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Some people have. You know, Super Bowl and, and things like that. You, you, what you do, you do love those. But at the same time, I believe you're a you're a big, big guy on the the, uh, the Oscars. And, and I've looked at a lot of your reviews uh, when you post up or your rankings. Not really reviews, but your rankings. Um, so I I agree with you. Um, I, again, it's to, on this one. It is something that I, you know, overseas might have received a lot of it of acknowledgement. And, and but I think at the same time. He got robbed here, and again, I think Sam Mendes has gotten robbed. He has a tendency to be overlooked, um, and, but his movies are millions and millions. You know, uh, this one was almost half a million dollars, or uh, 50, uh, half a million dollars in, in uh, revenue. Same thing when we looked, we watched uh, Skyfall. So, again, um, great movie, overlooked. I, if I'm going to rank it, I'm giving it my, uh, I'm giving it four and a half popcorns out of five. That's a strong ranking, and for our our new listeners, we have a, a little bit different scale. We don't use stars. Uh, we use good old-fashioned movie theater treats. Monty likes popcorn, so his scale is going to be one to five popcorns. Mine's going to be red vines, and I'll give 1917 a four red vine ranking as well. Okay, so what do we head on to next, Ron? Tell us, uh, lead us to the next wonderful movie we're going to review today. Well, after such a serious and in-depth movie with the script like 1917 and the story it told, let's go 180 degrees and be sophomoric and funny for five minutes, and let's take a look at 1980's Caddyshack, a star-studded comedy 
And one of the questions that I have for you about this movie, and it's it's categorized as a comedy, and I think that's fair. This movie stars Rodney Dangerfield, Chevy Chase, uh, Bill Murray, and a cast of others. And we thought we'd take a look back at a movie that was made when Monty and I were young whippersnappers in our teenage years. And the question I have for you about this movie, namely, in doing research for the podcast this week, is, Monty, do you consider this to be a sports movie? No. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I, I know this is where you and I are going to have our disagreement. <laughs> because as you're sitting over here saying, star-studded, I'm sitting here going, who? What? Because back <laughs> you got to remember, in 1980, they weren't those stars yet. So they were up-and-comers. They were SNLs. They were, you know, fall-down, slapstick, funny. Um, but when you look at this, uh, who it was written by, the majority of it was written by Douglas Kenny. Um, and uh, another part of, you know, uh, he did Animal House. Um, and he was extremely successful with Animal House. It was financially successful. Um, it was uh, uh, broke the barrier for certain things, what you can have on, on in the movie theaters. Um, and then Douglas Kenny wrote this. And I watched a movie recently on his life story, um, and he talked about how upset he was with Caddyshack, and he should be. Um, no disrespect, I know it became quote unquote a cult classic. Um, but the characters in there, I'm, I, you know, I'm a big Chevy Chase fan, and that's probably the only reason why I ever watch this movie is because of Chevy Chase uh, and Bill Murray's interaction together. Other than that, not a fan of Ted Knight, not a fan of Michael O'Keefe, Rodney Dangerfield. I can go down that list. Um, just not a fan of this movie. Sorry, just uh, I think it had so much potential, and it was it was shot out, you know, out the window, horribly done, horribly done. And I know it was Harold Ramis's. If I'm not mistaken, it was Harold Ramis's first movie he ever directed. Um, so yeah, not a fan. It was a Harold Ramis movie, and uh, ESPN, the sports network, uh, is reflected that they believe, for what it's worth that this is perhaps the funniest sports movie that was ever made. Now, I don't consider this a sports movie at all. It has a sports angle to it, but it's a jocular, uh, smutty, <laughs> um, prank-ridden story uh, really about the young man, Danny, that is striving to become a caddy uh and and do better things it has a number of dis different side characters you're absolutely right that a number of the actors that were in the movie uh, had not landed yet and rodney dangerfield is probably at the top of that list i don't think rodney had hit his stride he had been doing stand-up for years but i don't think he had been on the big screen with such success until this movie and the other fact that i found very interesting about this movie is that it is the only movie that Chevy Chase and Bill Murray are in together. Really? Yes. They apparently had some sort of long-standing feud from their days at Saturday Night Live where they didn't want to work together. And this was the only time that they were on screen together in a movie. You can fact-check that if you want. 
but I I was going in my mind thinking, well, okay, well, how about this movie and that movie? Because collectively, Chevy and Bill have both done tons of movies, some great, some not so great. But I can't think of another movie aside from this one where they were in it at the same time. Uh, you're actually right on that. You you're, did not know that. Um, I had to look it up and uh, doing my little fact check, I guess. Like you said, but they had not. They had a. They actually, you're right. They had a feud back on SNL to where it was in fistfights between Chase and, and them. Huh. Did not know. This movie is what you expect. There's not a lot of depth to it. it, it it's got a script that well, Brian Doyle Murray was inspired to write part of it based on his own experiences as a kid working golf courses in Illinois. And many people forget the, the, the genius that is Brian Doyle Murray. I mean, Bill gets, Bill Murray gets quite a bit of press and play and rightfully so. But Brian Doyle Murray as a writer, uh, has, has had some hits without question including years being uh, a writer on Saturday Night Live. But this was founded on, on his, and both the Murray brothers are, are big-time golfers uh, and have been for, for many, many years. But it's pretty transparent what this movie is all about. There's not a lot of emotion that goes into it, aside from a number of different laughs. And it's in a genre and during a period of time that there were all sorts of these types of movies that came out and the list is a mile long. It's not a sports movie. It is a comedy. I thought there were a lot of laughs to it. I don't think a movie like that with the way some of the characters behave and treated one another, that they could even come close to making a movie like this in this day and age today. There's no way. And, in as much success as this movie had in the box office, the sequel was atrocious. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was awful, like many sequels uh, many sequels are. But the character development I thought was very strong. Uh, I, I think having Bill Murray in the role that uh, he he was um, was pretty funny, and I thought the Roddy Dangerfield character stole the show for me. And maybe that's because at the time. He was an up-and-coming stand-up comedian that made it on the big screen and brought that character really to life. Well, this is this is this is the move, the parts of you and I not getting on the same page. Roddy Dangerfield, to me, in that was obnoxious. Um, Ted Knight, obnoxious. Um, you know, Rodney Dangerfield, I, I understand how up and coming comedy. I just have never been a huge fan. Dad used to make me sit and watch his movies, his stand up comedy. I couldn't stand him. Um, you know, uh, I thought he was just over the top. I knew they wanted that character to be that way, how, or, you know, but not to that extreme. No one's going to have that much money and be that kind of an ass. Uh, so I, and that was a, it was a big turnoff for me, but I don't know how other way you would have written written that for this type of movie. I, I get what they were trying to do. It just didn't settle with me right. Um, other Two other characters in there that, that ugh, couldn't stand. just got me sick. I fast-forwarded through their scenes was Sarah Holcomb, who played Maggie O'Hooligan and 
had this oh. horrible accident. I don't know what she was trying to accomplish with that. Um, you would go in and out. Uh, you know, Scott Colomby, who played Tony D'Anunzo, um, over the top, smoker, rolled up sleeves, thought he was, you know, player. Horrible actor. Horrible actor in this movie. Um, those two I just couldn't stand. Um, Ted Knight was the only seasoned actor in it, and uh, to me, this movie was written bad, it was directed bad, and it was acted bad. Um, uh, yes, funny parts in it. Um, you know, I'd give them that. Uh, if you're looking just to waste an hour and 40 minutes of your time with a few chuckles in between, go and see it. Um, you know, I'm shocked at the rating of seven, seven, almost seven and a half out of ten on some of these, you know, sites. Um, but I personally, and, and uh, you know, I'll lead off the reviews if you're okay with that. I will give this one two out of five, and I give one for Bill Murray, or two popcorns out of five, one for Bill Murray, and one for Chevy Chase. Other than that, no. And if you ever watched the behind the scenes on this, they were absolutely coked out of their mind doing this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, they went over budget, they went over time, and it all had to do with the partying that went on consistently um, in there. One of the only scenes that you can take away from this in my book, or two scenes, is Bill Murray, um, when he's acting like he's golfing and he's whacking the petunias, the flowers, um, and he's He's basically commentating himself. <laughs> that part was good, um, and, and the pool part with the baby roost. Other than that, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend a dime to go see this movie. I wouldn't. Well, as tempted as I am to give this four red vines, uh, because I I am a big fan of this movie and can watch it over and over and over again, regardless of when it may be on TV. And thank goodness for the Golf Channel. I I have a hard time giving it the same movie ranking as I just gave to 1917. And they're far different movies and had far different effects. So I'm going to I'm going to downgrade my my review of Caddyshack to three red vines, namely for the performances of Rodney Dangerfield. I'll give I'll give acknowledgement to Bill Murray as well. The, the master scene that you just alluded to, probably the funniest scene in the movie. And I thought it was all around good fun, but realize what, what you're getting in terms of a, a movie that was made in 1980 with a, a number of young and budding stars. Like I said, I was tempted to give it four because I think it holds up really well. But in light of the fact that we just reviewed a, a much different movie that I uh, feel very strongly about and have a great deal of respect for, can't give it the same ranking. No way. Well, you're going from one one you know end of the spectrum to another. You know, you're, that's right. It's nowhere close to to either one. And you know, I even had like I said, had a hard time rewatching it. Um, but I will ask you this: you golf, correct? I know your dad's. Baby. I do. Your dad's very baby. badly. Um, <laughs> uh, have you ever been on the tee box or a chip and you started commentating yourself, such as Bill Murray, uh, aka Carl Spackler, uh, going under your breath? You know, standing here on the green, he's got about 109 yards to the to the pin. Do you ever do that? Have you ever done that like he did in the movie? Almost every time. 
<laughs> get up for a putt and go, just be the ball. Be the ball. <laughs> How many times be the ball. Those, those things like that, you know, Chevy Chase delivered, Bill Murray delivered, but that was it. But, I, you know, being a big golfer, I thought I'd ask if he's done those things. So. Well, and um, on long putts, if the ball's got a long way to travel, I think in my head sometimes I do hear the na 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 Noonan. All right. <laughs> We're heading on to what's the last one for the day today? All right. I will let you introduce the 2009 movie, It's Complicated. You know, it's funny. After we talked last week, um, after we talked last week, I was under the impression that uh, you were not a big fan of a certain member of this movie. And so I was wondering how it was going to play out for you because I actually loved him in this movie. Um, it's complicated. It is the 2009 comedy, drama, romance, um, fun movie to watch. My wife and I, it's our favorite movie together. Uh, truly love it. You can also throw in a few. Thinking of who is in this cast um, blows my mind that these would, these would all be on the same screen together. Um, Meryl Streep, um, who plays the main character, uh, Jane Adler. Uh, Steve Martin. Um, and then Alec Baldwin, who plays uh, uh, Meryl Streep's ex-husband, Jake Adler. And then you had some up-and-coming players in this movie. Uh, John Krasinski uh, from The Office. He played Harley. Um, he, he did a phenomenal job in this movie. I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, and there's just a few of this. Uh, even Rita Wilson, who's, you know, not a big fan. I'm not a big fan, but, um, you know, she too uh was in this movie uh as well. Um love the comedy of it. I love how it rolled out. Um you were uh scenes of of, you know, laughter in this. Um Lake you know, with Lake Bell played the perfect antagonist with being the, the new uh ex wife uh or excuse me, the mistress, excuse me. Um great movie, had fun with it. Steve Martin got into it really well, was uh not as typical Steve Martin. He wasn't his um, Three Amigos or his Roxanne. He actually played more of a serious role, but he did have the party scene where he smoked a joint. Um, That scene was quite funny, and he kind of went back to his his good old Steve Martin ways. Um, Alec Baldwin plays the guy that you wanted it to be okay, and then then halfway through the movie, you're like, this guy's an ass. Don't get get back with him. And as always, the beautiful Meryl Streep um, phenomenal actress. Uh, I, I think the best actress of the of in the Oscars uh, should be named after her because <laughs> she's been nominated and won so many times. Um, love this movie, love it. And I can if it comes on, I'll watch it. And if I'm in a mood with uh, just want to cuddle up on the couch with my wife, this movie pops on. An amazing film. I thought it was very well written. Uh, it was directed very well by Nancy Myers, written by Nancy Myers, um, and uh, in, enjoyed it from the opening scene to the ending um, and would never turn away. Loved it, and it didn't have to be some sort of shoot-em-up, bang-bang movie or over-the-top comedy. It was it was smooth, very smooth type of film. And what I mean by that is you just fell in love with it because it was a storyline, and, and you followed along with it, and it worked out very well. There was no bumps into it. We said, they go, ah, that's not going to happen. No, that would never happen. It, it could. It absolutely could. And uh, how people deal with being divorced and ex-wives and, 
and uh, mistresses and new stepmoms and things like that, uh, new kids in the life. Uh, it was re really well done. I, I love It's Complicated. I'm going to go, and I know that we just, uh, you know, I had a bad re uh, reviews for that, and we'll go over that in a minute, but uh, I'm up there. I'll, I'll give it a good rating, but we'll talk a little bit about that uh, after you give your feedback. Well, there's nothing complicated about how much I didn't like this film. Uh, it, 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 it was it, – there was already a, a, dis, a, a bad taste in my mouth when we decided to review this because Alec Baldwin is in it, and I'm, and I'm not a huge Alec Baldwin fan. And I think that's what spurned our decision to, to review this movie because we were talking about him on last week's podcast. But I have all the respect in the world and love – most movies that Meryl Streep does, and I am a huge fan of Steve Martin. And I thought, okay, well, two out of three ain't bad. And during the initial opening scenes of the movie, where it is essentially based in Santa Barbara, where I lived for a number of years, I thought that there would be a, a, a connection there. And as far as, as some of the visuals and where parts of the, the movie were, were filmed, I did enjoy that part of it. And the other thing that I really enjoyed was the the music, uh, the background music and the score. I thought that was exceptional um, by Hans Zimmer, who, in doing research for today's podcast, um, has done a whole bunch of movie stuff over the years. That's a separate conversation, I'm sure. but. The storyline and what is being told in this movie, to me, was just far too predictable for the the actors that were that were cast in this film. Meryl Streep has done so many memorable roles that this was beneath her, in my opinion, and how she was nominated for a Golden Globe is beyond me. Now, I'd have to go back and look to see what other movies in 2009 were around where she was at the, at the top of the heap, as it were. But did you know, Monty Crawford, that not only did Meryl Streep get nominated for its complicated Best Actress in a Golden Globe, but also for her role in um, Julia, where she plays Julia Child? Yes. So she was nominated... She was nominated twice in the same category, same year. That's phenomenal. Absolutely a phenomenal accolade. But she shouldn't have been nominated for this movie. The Alec Baldwin, the Alec Baldwin character, totally predictable. He played it well as the stereotypical jerk, philandering ex-husband who tries to worm his way in back to his ex-wife's good graces, and he's actually successful. My wife and I, my wife and I watched this movie, and my wife was actually rooting for them to get back together. And I could have seen that story. I, I, I could have seen that ending to the movie as well. But my biggest complaint about this movie, and it has everything to do with how much I like Steve Martin, both as a comedian and in films is this character was completely wrong for him. It it was second billing. If you watch the opening credits, Steve Martin is the second actor named, but he he didn't have 
a third of the scenes that Alec Baldwin did. And I thought Alec Baldwin should have gotten top billing for it, quite frankly. But the character of the architect was so poorly done. And then putting Steve Martin into that role was a disservice to every movie that Steve Martin's ever made. And granted, he's made some clunkers over the years, but I thought the casting for that role was all wrong, and the character was all wrong as well. Yeah, the good guy gets the girl in the end. And again, spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, we talk about the outcomes of movies during two real reviewers. But I... Text messages regarding that, you know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. I just could not get past that they wasted this was a whole this was a hallmark movie this was something that would be on the hallmark channel uh as as a storyline boy has girl uh boy loses girl boy tries to get girl back girl goes to new boy it was that simplistic it was very typical for something like uh, a hallmark channel but not on the big screen with the Meryl Streep's of the world. So in terms of ranking, and I'll go first, this is a two Red Vines movie, and the, this, this, the, the, the second Red Vine is because of the movie, the first Red Vine because it was filmed in Santa Barbara. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm absolutely blown away by your rating. Um, in a in a in a way that I want to go Stephen A. Smith on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. I want to step back just a little bit on this because on your ranking or on your statement, you said that she should not have been nominated for this, Be- and, and not that she didn't do a bad job. It just was for your aspect. You're saying it's not a good enough movie to have somebody get a, a Golden Globe nomination out of it. I get that. Agree. Yes. Did she get the nomination because she is Meryl Streep? It was it by name, or was it? Do you think you don't think she earned it in this one? I mean, I thought she played that emotional character very well, and in that tough spot of being torn between going back to something that you have generated a family with, or finally separating and moving on to the new architect. I mean, I thought she played that very well, being caught in between it, and then getting, and then honestly getting caught in between it. When uh, when Steve Martin found out, so I mean, I don't I don't know. Do you think it was because of the name? I think the name had everything to do with it. If you've seen Julia and Julia, the other movie that she was nominated for that year, a completely different movie, and she truly played a character. I'll give you the fact that in this role, she played. Again, it's a stereotypical role. The ex-wife who got jilted and who drinks the Kool-Aid and is romanced by her ex-husband. It It's happened, I'm sure, to many people over the years. Was there an emotional piece to it? Yes. Yes, and I think she accomplished getting that across very well. And I think one of the scenes that I thought was very admirable is when – she lets the secret out to her girlfriends that not only is she dating, but she's dating her ex-husband because there's a judgment call that most people would offer 
if you admitted that you were seeing your ex and you were serious about seeing your ex? Because at no point did it come across that it was a, a, a one-night stand in New York, that it was a one-and-done, that they'd never see each other or never talk about it again or anything of that nature. She put up a a slight objectionable front. She said no, that she didn't want to do it, but because I'm sure they had three children together, they were essentially otherwise well-balanced as a dysfunctional family, I, I, I do think that she was able to portray that very well. So that that's a fair statement for you to make that her acting in this role was pretty diverse. Well, and, and I'm looking at this, and um, it actually opened up against Avatar, Sherlock Holmes. So, you know, it, you're talking about a weekend where it opened up, and it still went on to generate almost $220 million in, uh, I guess, an 85 budget. So, wow. for me, I think it did quite well. Um, it was uh, – it was. Uh, opening Christmas Day 2009, so it was late part of the year, and it was a hit for Nancy Myers, who her other movies, uh I'm not a big fan of, like The Holiday, but anywho, uh, it is one of her, it's actually her third highest grossing project to date, who writes a lot of these types of of movies and directs these types of movies. Um, To me, I think Meryl Streep did did it for me. Um, I actually have a huge crush on that lady. I, I would, you know, uh, my wife would give me a, let me have her um, or let me go away if she could have the house. The house they filmed at, <laughs> my wife, is that's her dream home. We look it up all the time. We see it, you know. Um, so, anyways, and she cannot stop raving about that house. So, uh, it's complicated for me. I'm going to go. I'm giving actually a high rating because I enjoyed this movie so well. Um, I'm giving it four out of five popcorns. Very high rating for me. So, But I, I love this film. And for all you guys out there, I know it's a, a chick flick, but enjoy it with your wife. Make sure you're sitting down there with your, your loved one, your your partner, whatever, and enjoy this movie. It was it was uh, truly a fun movie to watch, no matter what Rod says. <laughs> <laughs> so much for Rod's reviews. <laughs> hey, we're not always going to agree. Now, I, I, uh, real quick one, take a, a last-minute break for us. I want to give a a shout-out to a company here in Hemet and San Jacinto, California. Uh, They are been huge in promoting this odd year of 2020 graduating seniors um, with banners. Um, They are called Namers, signs, uh, printing, and T-shirts. Namers is the company, N-A-M-E-R-R-S. Look them up on Instagram. Look them up on Facebook. They are in San Jacinto. Great company. They've done so much for the local area. Very proud to have them be a sponsors of ours um, here at Two Real Reviewers. Uh, we are so excited to have them. We will continuously uh, promote them. So if you need anything, stickers, banners, T-shirts, you, need, you name it, printing-wise, reach out to Namers, uh, N-A-M-E-R-R-S, San Jacinto, Emmett, California. Phone number, if you guys need it, 951-350-0270. Give them a call. Tell them that Monty and Rod sent you from Two Real Reviewers. Again, thank you to Namers. All right. Next week. 
We're going to mix it up just a little bit, and for our loyal listeners, you know that we'll review three movies on a weekly basis. For next week's podcast, I'm going to pick one, Monty's going to pick one, and then we're going to let you, our listening audience, give us some suggestions on what you'd like to hear reviewed. For me... I was almost embarrassed to admit to my friend Monty that I had never seen this movie, but in sticking with us reviewing some classic movies, we're going to take a look at Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, a movie that, unfortunately, I have never seen, much to the chagrin of most of my family and friends who have quite an opinion about this movie, and I'm sure Monty does too. So we're going to watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and, Monty, what have you got for us? Well, uh, real quick, um, we're going to go with the 2019 action comedy, uh, The Gentleman. Um, this movie is, uh, has some wonderful st- uh, stars in it. We have Matthew McConaughey, uh, Hugh Grant, Colin Farrell, Charlie, Hun- Charlie Hunman. Hun- 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 I always mess up names. You know that, right? Um, great-looking movie. Uh, have, I've only watched the trailers on it. So I'm excited to get an opportunity to finally watch it. It is directed by Guy Ritchie and written by Guy Ritchie, the story, at least. And so looking to uh, looking to enjoy this. So I'm, I'm hoping uh, it lives up to the trailer. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to watching that for the first time as well. And then for the third movie, we decided that we were going to let our fans give us uh, some of their favorites to – take a look at. So go to our Facebook page, Two Real Reviewers. Also visit us on Twitter and tell us what you'd like for us to watch and review. Maybe it's a movie that you've seen and you love and it's one of your faves. And maybe it's something that maybe has come in under the radar, something that has missed some of the notoriety that sometimes happens in Hollywood with motion pictures. So we'll take a look at all of your suggestions, and we'll kind of keep it under wraps until we broadcast next week. I have to ask a question, Rod. Are we bad people that we haven't finished or seen with Cassie and Sundance Kid? It it feels that way. I mean, there, there are a handful of movies, and the longer that we do these podcasts, the more secrets are going to come out about movies that I haven't seen, and... For people that know me, that's going to be quite the surprise and the shock because I love movies. I'll watch just about anything that's on, regardless of what day and time. But maybe because I watched Caddyshack 87 times, that's taken time away from me seeing movies like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You're wasting your time with that movie. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm excited for next week. All right. So Looking forward to it. Head us home, Rod. What do we got? That's it. What's going on? All right. We will drop this podcast on our various audio platforms for you to not only enjoy, but also pass on to your friends. Visit us on Facebook. Visit us on Twitter. He is Monty Crawford. I'm Rod Hurt. We want you to keep it real. We are two real reviewers. Have a good night. Thanks, Rod.